hello everyone and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Web Minister Nathan Jones and we're transmitting live from truthfm.tv 102.3 FM Hollandale, Florida as well as twitcasting.tv and twave.tv. It's great to have all of you here today joining us. We encourage you to please keep us in prayer for our program and for the technology that we would not have any glitches today. And, of course, our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537, as well as 321 end time. But before we continue the first segment of today's program, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, Lord, we just pray you'll talk through it. Bless us, Lord, as we get to know you better. All those listening in, Lord, bless all the equipment that all the technology will work well. And we thank you for this time to share your word. In your precious and wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Today's subject matter is that of God's mighty angels in the tribulation. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. And of course, before we continue today's first segment of the program, I'm going to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Web Minister with Amelian Ministries. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Hey, brother. It's great to be on every week. Uh, I feel like a regular now. Thank you very much. Well, you know what, Nathan? You're right. I'm going to have to switch that special guest thing to our regular Nathan Jones. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, I'm honored to be on your program. I think what you guys are doing down there in Miami and around the world is just absolutely wonderful. And we praise the Lord every day for what T-Wave is doing. Well, Nathan, thank you so much. We're also very excited to be able to do these programs with you, and thank you for your faithfulness. And also, thank Lemon Lion Ministry for allowing you the opportunity to be with me and Dr. Reagan. It truly is a joy also to be able to have you as a regular, okay, not as a guest anymore. <laughs> wow, I feel like I've been promoted. <laughs> Well, Nathan, you know, it's uh, the reason why I say it's a blessing, because when you and I first started out almost a year ago, I mean, really, it was just by faith. Neither of us knew that the Lord would keep us on for so long, right, Nate? I'm amazed. You're right. In June, I believe, we're coming up on one full year of having this Bible prophecy uh, update, and uh, it, it just blows my mind, brother, and I am so blessed that uh, you let me be on your program and again, thank you. Oh, it's, it's a privilege to have you on. And, of course, Nathan, before we start, maybe someone is new to our program and they're not very familiar with your ministry and all the wonderful things that God is doing. Would you be able to share briefly a little bit of your contact information and also some resources? Sure. Uh, folks can check out Lamb and Lion Ministries on our website at lamblion.com. That's L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N.com. And there they can uh, check out uh, all our resources about Bible prophecy. We have our TV show, Christ and Prophecy. We have our articles, our blogs, newsletters, social networks, and apps. Uh, there's so many different ways that uh, we're trying to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message of his soon return. So we uh, recommend folks check us out, landlines.com. Mm, awesome. And for those of you that are watching us live, you can check it out there behind me. You have the website, Trusting God. You have the uh, 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 Learning to Walk with Faith. A lot of wonderful information there that it will be coming up uh, in Lamb and Lion, also their conference. So check it out. A lot of wonderful materials, as well as that one that I have here on the counter regarding Dr. Reagan's uh, Book of Revelation. They are on CD format as well. And you know, Nathan, it's amazing because here uh, you and I have been talking about various subject matters throughout the year. 
uh, everything in, in terms of Bible prophecy, the nation of Israel, uh, the signs of the end times, so many uh, things that are happening. And yet one of the areas that we also been touching on that is maybe not too familiar with people is the angelic beings in the book of tribulation, in the book of Revel, uh, Revelation, and also in the tribulation, and all of what um, uh, they are assigned to do. And last week, uh, you were taking us through this really nice journey. You gave us a recap of the first chapters of the book of Revelation. For those people that are watching or listening that maybe were not familiar with the passage, you took us through chapter 6 of Revelation. There, when the angelic being, these beasts, began to uh, declare these, or an invitation that was given to come and see. And then in chapter 6, when, uh, when that opened up, uh, we saw the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And would you be able to recap for us chapter 6, Nathan, before we get into chapter 7 as we talk about God's mighty angels in the tribulation? Oh, I'd be happy to. Well, again, the book of Revelation covers primarily the time period that's called the tribulation. It's a seven-year time period, as Daniel tells us. It's a time where God will pour out his wrath upon the earth uh, with 21 different judgments, and these judgments will force people on this earth to make a decision for Jesus Christ or not. And at the end, Jesus Christ returns, he defeats evil, he sets up his 1,000-year kingdom, he holds one final judgment of those who rejected him, and then we get into the eternal state. So Revelation intensely covers a particular seven-year period, but then on throughout the rest of human history. So okay, it's probably, to me, one of the most important books of the Bible after the Gospels, because it shows us that Jesus Christ is be victorious, and if we have accepted him as Savior, we too will be victorious in him. Mm. So we come up to Revelation chapter 6. And Revelation 6 starts the first of the seven judgments called the seal judgments. The 21 judgments are divided into seven. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. And they're called seals, trumpets, and bowls because each judgment is, begins with an opening of a seal or the blowing of a trumpet or the pouring out of a bowl. Mm. And so we start here in Revelation 6 with the seven trumpet, excuse me, seven bowls. I'm getting them backwards. Let's start right over again. The seven seal judgment, and then the seven bowl judgment, seven trumpet, and then the bowl. So we will start with the seal. And I'm going to shut up now because I keep getting myself tongue-tied. <laughs> Actually, Nathan, uh, any of us could, because really, uh, you know what's funny, Nathan? This week, as a matter of fact, I happen to be doing my regular Bible reading devotions, as I know like you do. And I happen to be going through the book of Revelation just on my regular reading and it is a very, the book is so fascinating that I cannot even move forward but more than one chapter at a time because I have to stop and think and take in all that information there. So when you're talking about the bold judgments and the trumpet judgments, it's very easy for us to just get so excited to get them all mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you for covering for me there, yeah. <laughs> but it is exciting. It's a fascinating book. It's so with probably the... After the flood, the most terrifying time period in human history. But it's also a time of refining as God is trying to get the people of the world to finally take him seriously, take salvation seriously. Yes. Because if we don't, we remain under God's wrath, as John 3.36 says, and our destiny is hell. And Jesus doesn't want us to go to hell. He wants all to be saved. But to be saved, they have to accept him as the Son of God and Savior. They have to repent of their sins. 
And so it's important that we understand Revelation is it's a, a, like a crucible, if uh, anyone's familiar with that term, a, a refining fire to get those who've accepted him as Savior to finally commit and to weed out those who reject him and send them eventually to final judgment. So, and it begins with these seven sealed judgments. Mm. And of course, Nathan, and as we're talking about, of course, these angelic beings, of course, these uh, beasts begin to proclaim and they give an invitation, come and see in Revelation 6, of course, that they will come in and see. And we talked a little bit about those uh, four horsemen, what each one of them uh, represents. And then we get into chapter 7, Nathan. And would you be able to start us out there with verses 1 through 3 of uh, Revelation 7? Certainly. Uh, so Revelation 7, 1 through 3 in the New King James reads, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, or on the sea, or on any tree. But I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God, our God, on their foreheads. So, Nathan, here we have, again, another uh, um, uh, array of angels, each having different uh, positions, different uh, things that God has called them to do. Now, when someone first reads these angels, actually, my children ask me that question, Nathan, because they go, wow, Dad, so these angels are holding back the wind. Uh, so it's really amazing. Can you talk to us about this, Nate? Well, we got to get out of our mind with cartoons and TV had taught us that angels are these white dudes with blonde curly <laughs> hair and big white wings and they wear white robes. Uh, as we read through Revelation, we see there's quite a variety of angels, not only in looks and size, uh, but also in powers and abilities. And so we've got everything from the, the angels that are your standard, uh, as we see, uh, messengers of God, uh, uh, servants of God, but also ones that are so mighty, so powerful, right. that they actually control the weather of the earth. Now, we think that mankind controls the weather of the earth. Uh, you know, we've got uh, all this talk about global warming and climate yes. change and all this. And it's like, no. And here, Revelation 7 makes it very clear that it's God who controls the weather. So, if the earth is warming up, and uh, I don't know if there's proof for that or not, but if it is, if we're having disasters uh, through nature, then we know that God is ultimately sovereign and behind it. So here we got these four angels, and their job is to control the weather around the earth. And at some point, as part of the judgment, they say, well, we're going to shut off the winds around the earth. Right. And uh, it's kind of a frightening, scary time when we think that all of a sudden the winds of the earth die down. But then God sends another angel that says, don't harm the earth until I seal those who are set apart to be sealed by God. A group of people called 144,000. Mm. So, Nathan, are these 144,000 all Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> the Jehovah's Witnesses think they are. Even though there's <laughs> a lot more than 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> they read that and they believe that, yes, it's a cult that believes that they are the 144,000. Uh, but it's not. We read quite clearly, I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And it gives us a list of 12 tribes minus uh, the tribe of Dan. Right. And these tribes are Jewish people today, or at that time period, I should say, that, uh, that I believe they're alive today, who will be saved after the rapture of the church, and God will put his seal on them. That means when the Bible says that God seals someone, it means they, he protects them, uh, always spiritually, most of the time physically, and we know definitely physically during the tribulation. So 
that these 144,000 Jewish people will be set apart to be evangelists during the tribulation, to send out God's message throughout the earth. And they are protected and sealed by God so that the Antichrist, who rules the world at that time, cannot harm them. Amazing. So, Nathan, of course, we notice that there's going to be a lot more people getting saved in the time of the tribulation, right? Well, we get this idea that everybody's uh, going to be evil, and certainly with the Holy Spirit, the restrainer being removed, the inhibitions of the people will be let loose, and uh, mankind himself will also be part of the judgment and destroying the world. But that God's provision for salvation hasn't ended with the removal of the church. He has the 144,000, as we just read. He's going to have two witnesses during the first three and a half years witnessing from Jerusalem. Uh, believe it or not, he's going to send an angel, which I hope we get to later, a gospel angel that will travel the earth and share the gospel with every single person on the planet. We'll have all the materials that we've created now that are left behind and all the signs and wonders and judgment meant to bring people to the Lord. So, brother, I believe that during the tribulation, more people get saved than ever have in the last 2,000 years beforehand. Hallelujah. So, Nathan, that is good news what you're sharing to us. So that when the rapture happens... Uh, it's not like, man, there's no more hope for the world, right? There's still hope. Exactly. Now, I don't want to encourage people to hold off accepting Jesus as Savior, but, well, I'll get to it later. <laughs> right. Because who in the world wants to live during the tribulation? And we're talking about half the world population being killed in just the first uh, year or two of it. We're talking about almost the total destruction of the ecology of the world, the economy of the world, the nations of the world, uh, the slaughter of Christians and Jews throughout. It's the worst time period in human history. I mean, it's, it's like the flood. It's God's wrath. And nobody wants to live under the wrath of God. So, no, Absolutely. I don't want to encourage anyone to hold off. Absolutely, Nathan. And that's why it's sad today, but there's some people that they're buying food and buying weapons, and they think they're going to be able to weather the storm. Why go through all that, man? Just put your faith in the Lord, right, Nathan? <laughs> right. I mean, really, considering if you go through Revelation and you realize that the devastation, the slaughter, how much food and weapons can one store up to survive that? Exactly. Maybe a month, two, if you don't get killed by the earthquakes or the Antichrist armies or the demonic hordes that are let loose. And we're talking about the, almost the total devastation of the earth. Amazing. There's not much we can prepare for now except spiritually, and spiritually we prepare by accepting Jesus as Savior, being part of the church, the bride of Christ, and being raptured as Jesus promises before this happens. Hallelujah. What a great word of encouragement, Nathan. So yes, there's going to be millions of people getting saved. These 144,000 are going to be sealed. They're going to be super evangelists, right, Nathan, just traveling throughout the world uh, preaching the good news. Exactly. And it's interesting how that's tied into angels. Most of Revelation has a tremendous amount of angels. It's almost like the veil is pulled away and we can see the spirit world going on behind everything. We can see that, that God's functionaries, his angels, his messengers, his servants, they're busy behind the scenes doing things while the tribulation is going on, including, as we read here, controlling the weather. Yes. And, you know, Nathan, even today we find that angels are still at work behind the scenes. And I, I think, like you mentioned, if, if, uh, if the Lord were to pull back the veils of the spiritual realm, I think we will all pass out if we really saw the warfare around us. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, that, that behind everything in the world, the principalities and powers of this world uh, are behind the human activities. In other words, uh, we look at politics and we think it's a bunch of humans doing it, and certainly they are. But the Bible says that we're also, there's a spiritual world 
that operates behind everything, and God's forces battle Satan's forces mm. for the souls of men. And uh, if we were to pull the veil back, we'd be surprised how many spiritual powers are at work behind the political events that go on in this world. Very well put, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, again, you are tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about God's mighty angels in the tribulation and how they are at work behind the scenes. And maybe you're watching the program or you're listening and you don't have a relationship with God. Well, we want you to know that there's a battle going on right now and our prayer is that you will open up your heart to Jesus Christ and that you would see the truth. Because Nathan, that is a reality. God loves those that are watching, those that are listening, right? He has a plan for them. But also the enemy really doesn't want him to come to the truth. Now, Satan, as we read uh, later in Revelation, he is hurled down to earth uh, one last attempt to overthrow God's kingdom, and he knows that his time is short. And that thing is always known his time is short. He can't beat God. Mm. So what he's going to do is try to pull as many people away from God and to judgment with him as he can in the time that he has left. Absolutely. Excellent point. And that's why our prayer goes out with those that are watching and listening. So, Nathan, we have here uh, these in incredible angelic beings that are making uh, these proclamations. And then we get to uh, chapter 8 there, uh, verses... Um, one through four, and uh, would you be able to read for us one through four as we now get into these uh, other aspects of these angelic beings? Okay, uh, Revelation 8, one through four. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints, upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended for God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and a, an earthquake. Mm. And thank you, Nathan, for reading the other verse. <laughs> so everything goes in, in, in its flow. So here we have now uh, uh, another set uh, of angelic beings. And now talk to us a little bit about the, these trumpets. What's going on? Well, we get to the seventh and last trumpet, and the he that is talking about is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is the only one worthy to open the seals. Mm -hmm. The seals are on the title deed to the earth. In other words, Jesus, uh, if I go back even farther, Jesus, or God, gave mankind control of the earth. And when right. we sinned, we handed it over to Satan. But by Jesus' death on the cross, he got back the deed to the earth, the control of the earth, and he only has to take it back. So we have Jesus now opening each of these seven seals. We get to the seventh seal, and the seventh seal judgment is a prelude to the next series of judgments called the seven trumpet judgments. Okay. Now, we read about these seven angels that stand before the throne of God. And this is a little confusing because at times we're told about the sevenfold spirit of God, in other words, the Holy Spirit, right. uh, the third part of the Trinity. But I believe this is talking specifically about seven angels whose job it is to pour out the wrath of God in seven different judgments called the Trump judgments. Yeah. Absolutely, and I agree with that, Nathan. And here we see just uh, things beginning to unfold. And, of course, uh, Chapter 5 of Revelation talks about the opening, right, of the title deed of the earth there with those seals. So um, I really like this, Nathan, because here we find this is like the start of something amazing, right? Verse 2, and I saw the seventh angel who stands before God. And they were given uh, seven trumpets. And then right there uh, in chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, we see 
uh, the, the trumpets beginning to be blown. And can you read for us that, that one there, Nathan, and take us through that? Read Revelation, for it's Jesus who opens the seal judgments, and the seven angels at the throne of God are told by God to pour out the, the trumpet judgment. So this is the wrath of God from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And we get the first of those angels, and when he blows the trumpet, it's, he says down, uh, verse 7, the first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. So we know that whatever happens, uh, whether this naturally is explained as a meteorite, if it's uh, nuclear in nature, if it's actually just fire, uh, we don't know, but this wrath of God, this judgment, this angel, sends down a hail mixed with fire, and it's mingled with blood, real blood? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, wow. it, it says it, and so I take it for what it says, but whatever this is, it sounds supernatural, and it burns up a third of the trees on the planet and all the green grass. So we're talking about an incredible attack upon the ecology of this planet. And, you know, Nathan, it's not just a little drought. Like here in Florida, maybe like in Texas, it doesn't rain for a week or two. Everything's turned yellow and it begins to die out. But this is not a little drought that we're talking about. Not at all. We're talking about a third of the trees on the planet, whether they're all congregated on a continent or two, or we're talking about a third throughout the planet. And we're talking about all the grass on the planet burned up. So... Whatever this hailstorm is that God sends, it, it devastates the ecology. But not only that, when you devastate the ecology, you, you devastate the food production. Right. You devastate the production of oxygen from the trees. And so it is a direct attack upon mankind and for the purpose, purpose of getting people to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. Mm, excellent point. And you know, Nathan, I've been through a few hailstorms here in South Florida, and they're very, they're very scary. If you ever driven through, I don't know if you've been through one in Texas, Nathan. But Texas is not so bad. Well, you go up to Oklahoma, that's where all the you think the wrath of God is, is on Oklahoma. <laughs> they have the worst weather ever. The uh, first time I ever drove into Oklahoma, as soon as I crossed the border of the Red River, it was hail and lightning and wind and tornadoes like I've never seen before. Wow! And to think that. That's just a prelude of that happening across the entire planet during the tribulation. That is amazing. And you know, Nathan, and that's why we, we've been through hailstorms, like I said, little things. But here we're talking about this is an incredible uh, hail. Uh, I mean, and the size and just the destruction is just unmanageable. When you talk about the damage, like you said, to the whole cycle of things, if all the trees are destroyed, right? We know that they play a great part uh, in nature. Exactly, and we're not talking about a little hailstorm. We're talking about a hailstorm, if, if that's what it is. Uh, clearly, I take the Bible for what it says, but it sounds bigger than any hailstorm this earth's ever experienced, and it's enough to to level most of the ecology. And that's just the beginning, brother. Wait till we get to the hailstorm at the very end of the tribulation with the hundred-pound hailstones. Right. This is just the beginning of the woes upon this earth. Amazing. And here we have, and that's just the the. The first trumpet uh, that it, it is sounding. And uh, Nathan, next, after that, I mean, it just seems to be getting worse and worse, right? The next trumpet we find there in the following verses. Yes, well, the trumpet, uh, second trumpet judgment, the second angel, he sounds, in verse, reading verse 8 9, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. 
And so when we're talking about a great mountain burning a fire thrown into the sea, uh, that for most people, they believe that's a meteorite. That we're talking about a massive meteorite, not, you know, Planet X or Nibiru, or as people say, this hidden planet that's about to smack into the Earth. You know, they've already named it, Nibiru. I don't know, but we do know that, that from the throne room of God, he has an angel send a mountain-sized burning fire, it sounds like a meteorite, so large that when it's cast into the sea, a third of the sea becomes blood. Now, the question when it refers to sea, usually that means, uh, in biblical terms, the Mediterranean Sea. Right. But it could also mean the seas of the earth. So whether a third of the Mediterranean Sea turns to blood or a third of all the seas of the world turn to blood, which I think is more likely, a third of the seas turn to blood. In other words, the seas become so corrupt they're poisoned when you poison the water, what do you do? You kill the animal life that's yeah. in it. You, you ruin shipping. You ruin uh, possibility for drinking. So it's a terrible thing because the living creatures of the sea die. There goes the, the fishing industry. Right. And uh, there goes the ships that are in the water, as it tells us. So this is a tremendous judgment upon the earth. That is just mind-boggling. And, of course, Nathan, we saw the uh, Exxon spill and we've seen oil spills. And that's just a little spot compare. Uh, to what we're talking about here. And then we saw all the death of the animals and everything else in the sea just with oil spills. So you can imagine what's going to happen with this. Yeah, it's absolutely horrific. When you read about people saying that we're living in the tribulation now, yeah. they did, have they not read Revelation? Have we really <laughs> seen a third of the world's oceans turn to blood? I mean, it just hasn't happened. And uh, so can you imagine living in a time period or one after another after another over the course of seven years these judgments devastating the earth. Amazing. Wow. Well, Nathan, this is just truly incredible. And uh, we only have about another minute left to the first segment uh, of our program. And we pray that those that are watching and listening will stay tuned to the second segment of our program as we continue to make our way through God's mighty angels. But, Nathan, we always like to uh, close with an invitation because maybe there's someone out there. And for whatever reason, they're still holding off and giving their lives to Christ. Would you be able, Nathan, to put out... Uh, there an opportunity for people to maybe come to know the Lord through a prayer, how they can start that relationship? Well, Jesus Christ has already done the work. He's extended that invitation to you by allowing himself, to putting himself on the cross, to dying for your sins, to have the wrath of God put upon him instead, and by beating death, by being resurrected. And he lives. We have a risen Savior. He lives. He loves you and who's willing to die for you. But to accept that salvation, to have the guilt of your sins put on Jesus Christ, you need to accept him as Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So put your faith and your heart on, in Jesus Christ. Pray in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you of your guilt, and to save you from final judgment in heaven. Amen. Wow, thank you so much, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching or listening, if you pray that prayer for the first time, let us know. We'd love to give you more information regarding this wonderful relationship that you started with the Lord. Local number is 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We also want to thank you all for tuning in for today's program, and we hope that you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program. Nathan, we ran out of time for the first segment of our program, but it's always a pleasure to have you on. Well, we always do seem to run out of time, don't we? <laughs> we sure do. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, we want to encourage those of you, please continue to pray for us and stay tuned as we will be right back after this break. <laughs> 